Welcome to bonus buyer episode number two. Five different first time home buyers in five different phases of the home buying experience. You're going to be able to learn from every one of them because we're all going to have to go through all of these phases. Let's talk about it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the How to Buy a Home podcast. David Sedoni, very excited to be here with you again today. This is a b -b 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 bonus buyer episode. It's our second one, and this is a perfect time to do it uh, because just in the past few days, I've actually had five different first-time buyers at five different phases of the process. And I figured, you know, what better way to teach you guys about it than actually give you some real-life stories? let you know what real life first time buyers at the very beginning all the way to the very end getting the keys and actually kind of everything right in between. So if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Again, my name is David Sedoni. I've coined myself the how to be a home guy uh, and that's completely wrong. So um, I didn't coin myself that at all. That would be stupid. It's uh, the how to buy a home guy because you know, everybody wants a guy. You know, when you get older and you start adulting and you need those things like, oh man, my, my car is broken or my, gosh, I need someone who can, who can help me out with, oh, I don't know, you know, something where you need a guy, my computer, I need a guy, my cell phone, I need a guy, my, my car stereo, I need a guy, car stereo. I can't believe I said that. Like none of you out there <laughs> are actually using, that's awesome. None of you are using stereo. You're all on Bluetooth. I get it. I'm old. Moving on. So if you are new to the podcast and you've just listened to that rambling, hang on a second. I guarantee you we're going to get you to a lot of good stuff. Over the past few weeks, I've been listening to all the other uh, how to buy a home podcasts out there. And I can tell you that there is there not a lot of information for you guys. That's the reason why I did this. That's the reason why I started this. And I really want you guys, you know, help yourself binge on this. I've been doing this with some of my podcasts. I've been listening to them at one and a half speed. And if you're new, go back to the beginning, listen to all this stuff at one and a half speed. You'll be able to get caught up as quickly as you can. And the really fun thing is if you are now binging and listening to this at one and a half speed, then this is going to be really exciting because next little piece right here, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk very quickly about what we try to do on the show. And I'm going to sound like a chipmunk on helium and on crack. Woohoo! All right, I told you I was going to get serious. Let's get serious. There are multiple different phases of buying a home. And the reason why, why I do this podcast and why I want to help you is because there isn't enough information out there for you. There just is not enough people talking to you because the real estate industry is broken. So we're going to try to fix the industry one buyer at a time. We're going to start a revolution. I'm super excited about it. All of these stories started with trust. And I hope this podcast has proven to you that my intention is to help people it's by giving you my years of experience and what can be a very complicated process. I want you guys to be able to download this information into your brain, hang on to it, and hopefully learn from it and be able to feel comfortable moving forward. Now, I will let you know, you're going to hear the same thing from me over and over again, that listening to me is great, but finding your own real estate agent who can help you with this, your own realtor who can help you you've got to interview like crazy and get the trust and work with someone because a lot of the information that people are coming to this podcast to listen for, if you want to know about inspections and appraisals and writing your offers and all that stuff, there are things that 
you need to know. But if your realtor isn't helping you and explaining that to you in plain English and making you feel comfortable, then you chose the wrong realtor and you didn't listen to my episode, How to Interview a Realtor. You can even go to David Sidoni's website. And you can download all the questions that are written out for you and you can click on the links and learn all about it. So speaking of that, gang, we're at episode, what I say, number 15. And we've got over 4,000 downloads now. It's brand new. And I'm still begging you, if you're getting any, any content out of this, number one, hit subscribe. And if you're getting any value, is what I meant to say, then if you're getting value, do me a favor, take two seconds, pull out your phone, write a review. Not because I'm a narcissistic person who needs to hear all these good things. Frankly, I'd rather hear questions from you than your reviews. And I mean that. I've got a million podcast topics, but you tell me what you want to listen to or what you want to hear about. And I'll do that. But the reviews are not for me. They're for other people. We're trying to start a revolution. I can't start the revolution without your help. And in our next episode, I'm telling you, the real estate mafia is going to kill me and probably kill me quietly. So I'm going to go on the record right now. I'm saying this. I'm putting it out there. Use this podcast and share it with all your friends. And also we can use as evidence when the real estate mafia comes to kill me because I might end up in a ditch somewhere when I end up saying what I say. Uh, I'll give you a little hint about it. Here's what I'm going to tell you next week about the real estate industry. It's too damn easy to be an agent. And the good ones who end up staying in the industry for a little while, they actively run away from the actual job of being an agent as soon as they can. And then they want to do, they want to leave you, the first-time buyers, with the trainees. And then you end up going into the biggest financial cluster mess of your entire life working with a trainee. And there's even more dirt than that, because I know some of you knew some of that already. But did you know they're running away? And wait do you hear where they're running to. Whew. And it ain't to help you. Trust me. And in the next episode, I'm going to explain in detail how messed up some of the things in the industry are and how awful it is for first-time buyers. But right now, let's hear some great stories from five buyers. Uh, I only tell you guys all this stuff so that we can grow together. There are things that are messed up, but there are things that are positive. And you guys deserve a great experience, just like these five stories today. My goal is for you to learn from all these experiences, for you to be able to grow. Here's the thing that's crazy. I might sound like I'm venting about my job, but I'm not. I really want you to understand how much research that you should be putting into this and how much research you should be putting into finding a correct realtor, not your friend or your cousin helping them out their first time doing it. Because listen, I'm going to tell you five stories about five different phases of a first-time buyer. And by the time you finish this podcast today, you're going to know more than many of the realtors and real estate agents out there with the first-time buyer this weekend writing an offer for them because you will have had an experience with five different buyers and they have maybe worked with one. That's the truth. How much does that suck? So I'm going to help you warn you, prepare you a little bit, but then I also want to give you the tools so you can get out there and get served like you should. <laughs> I said get served. You got served. I want to help reveal all this stuff to you, give you guys a rad experience. Let's start with number one. And again, the reason you want a rad experience is so you can stop paying rent as quickly as you can, because that's more money in your pocket. I want to take the fear away from this. Now, story number one, I can't share you all the information about them because it gets into some of the financial stuff. So I'm not going to give you these buyers' names. I will tell you that we met a few months ago because I've done several transactions with a um, 
once I get to protect the innocent, I'll just tell you it's a large corporation in Southern California, and we'll just call it Schmizneyland. As of today, here, where are we, June 2019, I've got um, 80 transactions, 80 either purchases or sales with people from the schmappiest plaython, Smurf. And um, what happens there is the people who work together end up sitting around and they start going, ah, oh, you sick of your rent? I'm sick of your rent. Hey, talk to Sidoni. He knows what he's doing. Well, these guys I met with a few months ago, and then I ended up going through the whole process with them. We ended up getting them talking to a lender. Now get this, after we talked to the lender, the lender said, yeah, they can do it. And they were close and there was a couple things they had to go over. So we went and had some coffee and sat down. Now, not only did we sit down and had coffee, but we also had coffee with their little one. And we got to run around the coffee shop together because it was late at night. But by the time it was over, I told them, you know what, I don't think that trying to do this right now is the best thing. They had an opportunity at the end of their lease to get into like a six month lease. And we did the math and we ran all the equations and we decided to go six months out. That makes the most sense. So we decided to re-sign a lease, but we ended up doing this you know, a couple days before they had to re-sign their lease. So if you're looking to re-sign your lease and you haven't been in this situation, where you're already talking to a realtor who's already had you talk to some lenders, you're making that decision blind. So that's one of the phases. Don't make the decision blind if you're thinking about doing it. You guys know my motto. If you really think that you're going to buy in a year, the day that you sign that last lease, you should be out talking to a realtor or a lender and getting somebody to get on your back and help you out. So that was our phase number one of one of our buyers. I bet you didn't expect to hear that. My first time buyer story would be that I would tell them to go back to renting for another six months. When you tell the truth and you work hard to get people in the best situation for their entire life, it doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if I get paid now. I don't care if I go against the entire mantra that I tell you. Sure, I'd love for some of you not to be renting, but my boy Carl, who I talked to about in the very first couple episodes, he ended up renting for a year. We tried, but financially it just wasn't going to work out. So now that moves us to buyer number two. Buyer number two was in phase number two. They know they're six months out now. So we went out a couple weeks ago and we went and looked at some places. And Saturday they said, all right, well, we did the north side of town. Now let's do the south, south side of town. I did a second tour with them and you never know. They thought they were going to end up more of the north side of town because, you know, they wanted to be close to that giant corporation, that Schmizneyland place. But they ended up liking some of the stuff down here, down south. Now, what's the, the advantage of working with a realtor that's going to go out with you six months before you're going to buy? Well, number one, you're going to get to have plenty of time to review and learn all those places. You might have a bunch of things in your head that you think are correct, but when you actually take the time to drive around, look at some places, and then get in those places because you're working with a realtor, you're going to learn something else. And the other big thing about it was two of the, the eight places that we saw were agents that I had not only worked with, but had actually masterminded with, had you know group sessions working together to try to figure out how we can serve our clients better. Now, who do you think is going to get that phone call picked up? when my clients are ready to buy a home in those areas. The first-time buyer agent 
who's only done two or three transactions and doesn't know anybody, let alone know anything about the contract, or me or another experienced agent who can call the other experienced agent in the area because we've been selling homes together for 10 years and played golf together and had lunch. Oh my gosh, that sounded so cheesy. We played golf together. Seriously, they were charity events. They're fun. All right, let's talk about buyer number three. Now, buyer number three is someone who was excited to buy a house and they ended up having to change their area. You know, we started in one place and we started looking there and the affordability wasn't working. So we spent a couple weekends looking at houses. Now, I could have easily tried to push her away myself. I could have tried to explain to her, I don't think it's going to work out. But sometimes, you know, showing is better than telling. And I realized that. So I knew and we took the time. And the other thing too is I didn't know exactly, you know, my opinion of a condo versus a house in these two areas. I don't have to live there. You know, I can ask all the questions I want, but when she actually walks through, then I get to hear exactly what she thinks of it. So when you're thinking about, well, I've got to go with the area expert, you know, the area expert, unfortunately, it doesn't mean squat these days. I mean, unless, unless you know exactly where you're going to buy a house and, you know, exactly what track you're going to go in, I got news for you. That's pretty much the people who've got a ton of extra money. And the only way you get your perfect house is if you're buying cash and building it yourself, you know, and the only way that you can buy the house that meets everything that you need is if you've got all the wiggle room in the world. And that's just not the way it goes. So most of the time, there's a general area you start in, but you end up maybe going somewhere else. You know, and the big thing that we got going with her is we put an offer in a couple weeks ago, we got into a multiple offer situation. I did a video on my YouTube and on my Facebook page talking about location, location, location. That's, that's true, but there's also timing. We're in a multiple offer situation. And, you know, if she'd been with a, a newer agent, someone who hadn't been through the things, because guess what? There are a bunch of new agents in the area where I live that know about multiple offers, even though they're newer. Do you know why? Because they came and took classes from me and other experienced agents. I teach the class on how to write an offer. And the funny thing is, I morally am so against doing that with new agents that I've stopped doing it. But that's another story. Okay, that was uh, three. Let's go right to halftime or intermission, depending on uh, you know what you're into. This will be a quick, quick little side note before we get to number four. I just want you guys to understand the internet's one. The real estate industry is finally is going to get raked over in the next ten years, and I'm telling you, they're just going to get left in the dust more than they already have. So in the future you know, buyers are going to have more and more decisions and they're going to be thinking more and more about, you know, going directly to the internet. And I will get into this more in detail, but what I can tell you right now is you think the real estate industry isn't serving you well. I'm going to tell you even more the internet, a big, large national thing, they're trying to screw you even worse than that. I want to do a whole podcast because there, there are lenders that do it. There are internet companies that do it. And if you've got cash and you don't want to buy a house and you don't really care about it, maybe it'll work for you. That makes sense. The information's out there. But if you're out there, let's say you're out there trying to get a loan. This is what I'm going to call my next podcast that I do that. It's going to be called No Dummy. It's not an Uber. You can't get a $300,000 loan in less than five minutes on your smartphone while you're waiting in line at the movie theater to get your popcorn. What do you think? Too long? Okay, let me, let me give you a quick preview of how that podcast is going to go. And 
And the reason why I, I'm going to do it is because I've heard all these commercials and it's driving me crazy. You cannot get a quick and easy loan like you can get a pizza or you can get shoes delivered to you or like you can book a dog walker or a babysitter or a handyman. You know the way you can do all that stuff on your app or on Amazon real quick on your smartphone? You can't get a mortgage like that, but that's how they're selling you. And the reason why this is my halftime speech today is because I was watching sports and we got the NBA finals and we got the Stanley Cup finals and I was like, oh my God, they are marketing like crazy to everybody with Rocket Mortgage. And don't get me wrong, I love me some Keegan-Michael Key. I don't know if you know, you know from Key and Peele, he is funny. And he's doing these Rocket Mortgage commercials and it's not Rocket Mortgage and it just oh, it makes me so sad. And I keep seeing it during the cup and during the NBA finals. And uh, it's bumming me out so bad. And for those of you who are listening to this and are confused because I'm talking about, you know, me watching athletic competitions and, you know, you know that I'm a theater guy. Don't worry. Next week, I'm going to an outdoor viewing party to, for the Tonys outside of our local equity theater house. If that doesn't make sense to any of you guys out there, huh, deal with it. I'm a confusing guy. I've told you that before. But you know what? It's, we're going to need a weird leader, someone that's well-rounded, who speaks to all of the people to start this revolution. I need to appeal to everybody. All right, now let's get back to why Keegan-Michael Key, who rules and Rocket Mortgage, sucks. Okay, this is a product that's just a straight-up weak, weak con. It bums me out. It's so lame that they're preying on you. And what they're doing is they're preying on you on something that you feel comfortable with your phone. It's bigger than, you know, this whole art of marketing that they're doing coming at you, it's bigger than anything else that we can think of. You know, they understand and realize you do everything on your, your phone. And what's interesting is now because these things that used to feel more cumbersome, you're starting to realize you can do on your phone, you're thinking that, yo, great, I can apply for a mortgage that way. No, 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 no. This is so much larger than anything else that you can do at the tap of your phone. You got to go old school. You got to talk to somebody. You got to sit down and you got to find someone who cares about you. I'm telling you, Rocket Mortgage and the other folks that are telling you, hey, look, don't go to that scary person out there, you know, who's going to make you, ooh, actually pull out your paperwork and find your taxes and make you make you do all those horrible things you don't want to do and do all that adulting. Don't do that. Press this button. Pull out your phone. It'll just take you five minutes to get a home loan. You know, they're doing it because they realize that they've got a great system that you are familiar with right there in your pocket. And you've also seen a revolution, a technological revolution. And so subconsciously, you think that your phone can do this stuff. It's not that easy. You can't do it. You can't tap and go. You can't just get alone that way. It's not like that at all. Because when you tap or click to purchase something on your phone, you know, you're giving them your dollars, your American or Canadian dollars, or your pounds, your euros, your rubles, drachmas. I don't know. I don't know much more money than that. But the point is, when you tap your phone, that's when you give them money directly from your bank account. And that's for the goods or the service that they're giving you. You know, the the pizza, the shoes, the ride in their car is a service, the you know, dog walker is a service. So the tap that you do is you're giving them money. And when you tap them, you give them money, we're all the same. Hear that? We're all the same. 
No one on the other end of that tap is questioning getting the money from your bank account. They just accept the money and they give you the goods of the service. But when you tap for a mortgage, God, I love you, Keegan-Michael Key, but it doesn't work like that. See, that tap, that's you just giving them money and we're all the same. No one questions when you're giving money from a bank account to pay for the goods and services. But when you tap to get a mortgage, you are actually tapping to apply for a loan. See, you're not buying it. You're not purchasing a loan at that moment. You're tapping to apply. But what you're applying for is a loan for hundreds of thousands of dollars. You do not get it in five minutes. That's impossible. And the reason is because it's not the same for everybody. All you've done when you've clicked that button is apply, which is what they want you to do because they want to get your information and grab you and keep hounding you until you eventually go with them. And might I add their crappy service? Because their only goal is to get you to give that information to them. They want to turn you into a lead, not a customer. And then they want to pass you on. That person you first talked to is actually going to pass you up the chain of command to their next level of service. And their entire goal is to convert you to get the sale. Yep. How's that feel, gang? That's the way the world sees you as something to convert. They want to capture you and then convert you to money for them. Their goal is not to hear you. It's not to serve you. It's not to be there with you wire to wire. It's not to listen to your goals and try to find the plan that's going to work best for you. They're not going to be there start to finish. And hey, if you want to tell your story five, six, seven, eight times to a whole bunch of different people who are just trying to convert you in their crazy chain of business, then by all means, tap your phone and get a mortgage. Because that's the way it's going to work. Just think of it that way. It's not the same. You're not opening your wallet, handing somebody money. You're asking them to apply. And, and every lender knows that every single buyer or what the lenders will call you at that point is a borrower because you're going to borrow money. They're going to say that every single one of you is different. They're going to know every single one of you is different. And they're right. We all have different credit scores, debt, income. We all have different credit history, different savings accounts. We've we have different down payment options. Some of us have gifts we can get from our family. Some of us have a tax refund or retirement funds that you can withdraw from. Some without a tax penalty, some with a tax penalty. There are stocks. Have I bored you with this ridiculous list of financial googly gop? But you can't do that by pressing a button. You know, your savings account might even be exactly the same as mine, but do you know that how that money got deposited will actually reflect differently in how the bank is going to judge whether or not they want to give you a loan. Like if you deposit yours over time slowly from your checking account and all of a sudden I deposited a big chunk of mine, you know, and it was all in ones because I figured out that I can go dance at the ladies only night at the retirement home. It could happen. You never know. But the banks would see that as a big chunk as opposed to a, a regular systemized savings and, and it would be different. So my point is, all that takes a lot more than a tap of your phone. You have to interview a lender just like I've helped to explain you guys to interview a realtor. Or you get a badass referral or recommendation from someone that you trust. All those tap to go and tap to make things happen technology, it's there to capture you. That's capture. They couldn't even find a better word. I guarantee you that the actual service that you desire will never ever be completed by the first person that you talk to. They're the capturer. And that's it. That's their only goal. 
I'll go deeper into later on about how if you did go past that and keep working with them, how much the service sucks. Of my 69 first-time buyers, or excuse me, 80 first-time buyers, soon to be 81, 69 of them work at Schmizneyland. Of the 80, soon to be 81, I've only had one use big old bad Quicken. And guess what? At the end of the deal, a surprise $8,000 fee. Oh, it was rough. And I love her if she's listening. You know, girl, I love you. I understood. It was one of those things you have to shop. But fortunately, now I have her story and I tell everyone else about it. So let's get back to our buyers. We're going to wrap this up real quick because buyers number four, you know them. Matt and Brandy. Woohoo! They're our favorites. We talked about them in uh, our first bonus buyer episode, but this week we're getting ready to close. They're about to be first time buyer number 81. Here's what we can learn from Matt and Brandy. They are meticulous, smart, organized, wonderful people. The kind that it's so nice to be able to work with them because I know that you know, they're going to have questions and I'm going to have answers. And they're going to be thrilled that I have those answers. They were not thinking about buying a house, but because they're the kind of people that you want on your side, they were prepared anyway. Even though they weren't going to be doing it in six months, they were prepared. We're talking the people who do homework on Friday night, not Sunday night, or like yours truly, you know, five o'clock Monday morning. Remember those days? Hi, mom. Sorry about that. Because they were prepared, what happened was you never know what could happen with the timing. And we found the perfect house for them. Those weren't my words. Those were theirs. And because they were prepared, they had the ability to make a move. It was a little quicker than they wanted to, but you know what? It was great. So if you're thinking about buying a house, don't press a button on your smartphone and don't think that you could just get in a car with a realtor and go out there and have fun because I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories about people going, oh, I really wanted to buy the house, but I didn't have pre-qualification. I didn't know anything about my 401k. I didn't know I could take money out of it. There's a million things that you didn't know if you don't know. You don't know what you don't know and you don't know unless you ask. And the only way you ask is to hashtag adult. Sorry, adulting sucks, but you got to do it. This is not a pizza. It's not a Uber to brunch. This is something serious. All right. I really, really desperately want you guys to be prepared and be ahead of time because I messed up big time in my 20s. I lost a lot of money. 90s dollars, three or 400,000 bucks. And that's 90s dollars, dude. That's a lot today. All right, and then buyer number five. I can't believe we've had five first-time buyer stories just in the last like five to seven days. This was yesterday. Molly and Ryan and Wyatt got their keys to their very first house. These were my buyers that inspired the fact that when you're thinking about things in the larger picture, don't go in with preconceived notions. Cool thing about this is baby Wyatt was only a week and a half old. That's right. Brand new infant, but they figured out that was a great time because they were sitting at home. So they got on the computer and found all the great internet sites that I gave to them and started looking for that house. And then if you go back and listen to the internet sites that can help you with your home search podcast, boy, and if that's the name, that's a sucky name. But it's something about the internet sites that can help you with your home search. What they realized was when they were sitting home with an infant, they had plenty of time. There's a whole episode about that. It gives you everything you need to know to help you figure out what's going on when you're looking for a house. 
So uh, let's see. On the recap, number one, trust your realtor so much that your realtor is going to tell you it's actually financially smarter for you to rent. That's number one. And, you know, if you're holding back from your realtor, if you're not giving your realtor all the information, you know the way you go into a sales store and you're like, you know, the guy, can I help you? And you absolutely 100% need a pair of pants right now. And you're like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm just looking. Don't do that with your realtor. Don't do that with your lender. You know, take the time ahead of time. If you want to do that because you're going to walk away and know you're not going to use that guy, that's fine. But once you decide to move forward, things get more messed up when you hold information back because we don't know what to tell you. You know, these guys were open and honest with me. And when we really ran the numbers, they got a couple little things that they got to do. It made sense to just work this lease for six more months. Number two is going to be recapping William and Jeanette. There are buyers who aren't going to be ready to buy till 2020, but we've already had one good long meeting together. We've already had one weekend where we went out and looked at houses and we took another weekend and went out and looked at houses. And because of the fact that that's the way that I've decided first-time buyers deserve that much time and attention, that's the kind of unicorn realtor that you want. And also, the years of experience means that a couple of the places that we looked at, there was already an established relationship with the agents on the other side, which in the long run is really going to help out these first-time buyers. Okay, number three. Buyer number three is my gal Kimberly, who was starting in one part of town, then moved way like 35 minutes away and was dealing with multiple offers. And thank goodness that, you know, we had an opportunity to do it together because it would have been rough if she was working with a rookie. As a matter of fact, I went to go look at houses because we're still in multiple offers. She's not in escrow or under contract. as It is in certain parts of the country. They call it that. The other house that I went to go look at it had like 196 people on Saturday go look at it. And over 100 people by halfway through the open house on Sunday and already had four offers on it. Now, is it always going to be like that? No. That's why you guys, I really want you to get out there and work with someone who has been through it, has seen all the different levels. Your friend who bought a house six weeks ago, your situation is going to be completely different than theirs. And your parents or your friends or your uncle who bought a home three years ago, wildly different. You've got to know the timing and work with someone who's active every single day in the market. All right, number four, Matt and Brandy, they rock, be prepared. They're my little boy and Girl Scouts. Although I have a real Girl Scout, I know that be prepared is not their motto. Please don't write me. Actually, would you please write me? Send me your questions. I've got pages and pages. This episode's getting long. You want me to ramble like this on every episode? Is this what you want? All right, then you better send me some questions or I'm just going to open up my notebook and I'm just going to start rambling. And number five, Wyatt and Wyatt's parents. I'm not even going to say their names. Wyatt, he's like three and a half, four weeks old. Maybe, he's, no, he's maybe six or seven weeks old now. I don't know. The kid is super young and has a place to live and he owns it. But he doesn't actually own it. That would be a real mess for title, but that can be another episode. All right. I got one more big announcement for you. Before we do that, where do you find all the stuff? DavidSedoni.com. What I decided to do is just send you guys straight to DavidSedoni.com. All right. Yeah, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and all that. And a lot of you have reached out to me through Instagram and that's cool. But you can find all those links, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. There's the How to Buy a Home page on Facebook. Go to DavidSedoni.com. Now, the reason why is because you also, that's where you're going to get 
links to the YouTube where there are videos with some deeper information about some of the stuff that we talk on the podcast. You can subscribe there and then you're going to get the YouTube videos. There's transcripts. So if you want to take a little time, six months from now, if you're like, ah, I remember Sidoni was talking about that. But by that time, you know, you don't want to listen and you just want something to read. Then you can go to davidsidoni.com and the transcript scripts are right there along with the links. And there's some more educational videos on there. And if, you know, I'd love for you guys to leave me some questions there. Q&A right there. And if, you, if you're listening to this for the first time and you've gotten this far, by all means, please press subscribe. And guys, 4,000 downloads, only like 20 reviews. Come on now. Write a review. We can start the revolution. Next week, I'm going to explain to you how broken the real estate industry is. And I'm telling you that not so I can vent so that you're prepared and that you find one of the good ones. They're out there. I've got some unicorn agents who really care. But I got to tell you, I'm discovering more and more and more as I'm doing this podcast that not only are these agents that are doing really well, the people that can actually serve you the best, help you the most, not only do they not want to work with first-time buyers because they think that you're a waste of their time, not a big enough return on their investment, but eventually they get to the point where some of them are at my 13 years in the business where I am right now in 2019, but even earlier than that, some of them, they don't even like working with sellers and they get a new goal and their goal is to bail on the sellers too. Wait till I tell you where these real estate professionals are going for the second half of their career. It's really interesting stuff. Why do I tell you this? Not because I'm a vindictive jerk. I tell you this because this whole podcast could help you and educate you in all the ins and outs. But if you take away one thing from it, it's go find yourself a unicorn, a real estate agent that is educated, that is active and up on what's going on, is continually reading. I mean, think of your realtor as someone, you know, like, I hate when people make this comparison because it makes us sound more important than we are, but you do want them to be like, a doctor who has continuing education, like a lawyer has to keep up on the current you know, rulings that have happened that change the law. So that's the big thing that I want you guys to do. I really want you to stop renting. I hope these stories were awesome for you. Thank you for listening this long. This has been way too long. I gotta get out of here. I'll see you next time. And as always, what do I say? Come on, gang, you can do this. <laughs>